Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition in New York City and Connecticut for the last 14 years. At the offices, we do a lot of work with patients reestablishing their gut flora and pH. This type of healing usually starts with giving patients supplements to kill bad gut flora and get rid of toxins in the gut. Once that phase is over, we then give supplements to put good gut flora back in and other supplements that may be needed to rebuild the gut. This process of getting rid of toxins, which can include heavy metals or chemicals, and inflammatory foods by using food supplements from an organic farm is how we give people back their health. I want to share with you how helping detox from the gut, in particular, helps with brain chemistry. The majority of our neurotransmitters for your brain are made in the large intestine by bacteria. Yes, bacteria. They actually produce serotonin, dopamine, and GABA, all of which play a key role in mood. The gut's nervous system itself uses more than 30 neurotransmitters, just like the brain, and in fact, 95% of the body's serotonin is found in the bowels. We look at the gut as our second brain. So if the large intestine environment is not healthy, a person could feel anxious, moody, or depressed. Functional medicine calls this the gut-brain access, and we need to make sure that it is healthy. One example of the relationship between the brain and the gut is IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which has the common symptom of getting worse with stress. So not only does the gut make the neurotransmitters for the brain, but it's a two-way street and the mental stress in the brain can affect the function of the bowels. That's why we have so many sayings like, I have butterflies in my stomach. I am so nervous I could throw up. I have a knot in my stomach. The mind-body connection is real. Now, bacteria in general have gotten a bad reputation, and for a good reason. Bacteria are behind a number of serious diseases, including pneumonia, meningitis, strep throat, food poisoning, that's your E. coli and salmonella, both which are bacteria, and a variety of other infections. These bad bacteria are the reason why we diligently disinfect our hands, wipe down our kitchen, bathroom sinks, as well as any other places where germs tend to congregate. Yet, not all bacteria are bad guys. The good bacteria I already talked about, it's an estimated that we have a hundred trillion of these. I can't even wrap my head around that number. And not only are they good for our mood, making neurotransmitters, but they help us regulate our sleep too. For melatonin, which was thought to only be produced in the brain by the pineal gland, is also produced in the gut. By getting rid of toxins and reestablishing a healthier gut flora with good bacteria, we help people get off their sleeping aids and antidepressants. We have been doing this for 14 years and use muscle testing to help. We're actually really glad science is starting to catch up to our results in the office, for you can now do lab tests to see what specific gut flora you have. The fancy scientific term for gut flora is microbiome, and there are now lab tests one can do to see what specific bacteria you have that make up your personal microbiome. It will check all the good bacteria and see what level they're at, and also the bad bacteria, and show you what level they are at as well. Then with the results, you can supplement with very specific good bacteria to create a healthier microbiome, which means a healthier you.
There's lots of other reasons to want a healthy microbiome. Beneficial bacteria protect us against their dangerous relatives that cause disease by crowding them out in the gut, producing acids that inhibit their growth and stimulating the immune system to fight them off. When helpful bacteria multiply and thrive in our bodies, they act as our protectors. But sometimes we put the population of beneficial bacteria at risk. Such as when we take antibiotics to treat an infection of harmful bacteria, we also kill the good bacteria. This can cause an imbalance of bacteria in the body that can lead to diarrhea and other gastrointestinal problems. That's why supplementing with a probiotic is a good foundational thing to do for health. A probiotic is a supplement that has good bacteria. Probiotics are available in many forms, including pills, suppositories, and creams. Many food contains these friendly bacteria as well. Yogurt and cheese, fermented food such as miso, tempeh, sauerkraut, pickles, sourdough bread, kimchi. I have mentioned a few of the reasons why good bacteria help us. Diarrhea, anxiety, depression, irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, eczema, any type of oral health, including tooth decay and gingivitis. From the mouth all the way to the anus is one large tube, so it's all connected. Probiotics can also help us lose weight, but not just one probiotic in particular. It all depends on your gut flora makeup and what is missing. Once the missing probiotic is added in, metabolism gets a boost because the good bacteria help our bodies digest food and absorb nutrients. They also help us produce several vitamins, including folic acid, niacin, vitamin B6, and B12. This is why good gut flora is the foundation of a healthy body. Let's look at the different types of good bacteria. Lactobacillus. In the body, lactobacillus bacteria are normally found in the digestive tract, urinary, and genital systems. More than 50 different species of lactobacillus exist, including lactobacillus edophilus, which is one of the most common used probiotics. This is used to treat bacterial infections of the vagina, prevent and treat diarrhea, eczema, IBS, and it also blocks H. pylori from growing, which is the bad bacteria that causes ulcers. Bifidobacteria is a different good bacteria and this actually makes up most of the good bacteria living in the gut. Bifidobacteria come in about 30 different strains and help with killing the bad bacteria. It helps relieve abdominal pain, gas, and bloating, and has been shown to improve cholesterol levels. Streptococcus thermophilus. These bacteria can help prevent lactose intolerance because they help us digest lactose, a sugar found in milk and milk products. So what can we do to keep our microbiome healthy? Number one, avoid excess sugary foods. I'm talking about white refined sugar, brown sugar, and cane sugar, which will lower the healthy microbiome because sugar feeds all bacteria, the good and the bad, and also yeast. We want to avoid yeast buildup, also known as candida. If you think you may have candida, it's best to follow a candida diet or get foods tested using muscle testing to figure out what foods are specifically feeding the candida in your body. Two, good quality sleep. Good sleep is key for the intestinal lining to repair and create a healthy microbiome. 
Three, meditation and relaxation. Meditation and quality downtime is important to keep the body in rest and digest mode instead of the stress mode. The stress mode inhibits the circulation to the gut, which doesn't allow for a healthy microbiome. If you are new to meditation, a good app to help you learn to meditate and relax is Headspace. Four, eat foods with fiber. Fiber helps feed the good bacteria and keeps them healthy. Vegetables, fruits, psyllium, flax, and inulin all contain fiber to help keep good gut flora. In supplement form, this good fiber is called a prebiotic. Five, keep the colon cleansed. Bowel movements are really important. Healthy bowels should be a good, complete elimination at least once a day. One of the main reasons for constipation in my office is dehydration. You should be drinking at least eight glasses of eight ounces of water a day, 64 ounces in total. It's not a recommendation, but for good health, a minimal requirement. Many times I have my patients drink even more water than that. I like to start out every morning with 32 ounces of warm water with a half a lemon squeezed in it for a variety of reasons. It hydrates the body, boosts the immune system, and helps flush out the toxins that the liver dumped into the colon from the night before. That's how the body gets rid of toxins. Toxins find their way to the liver, the liver detoxes them, and then dumps them into the intestines by moving them through the gallbladder duct. Toxins can also find their way to the kidney where they are filtered out to the bladder and excreted out through the urine. Elimination is so important for a healthy body. If you take an antibiotic, only do it if necessary, and then supplement with a probiotic. Antibiotics kill bad and good bacteria, leaving your gut flora mess afterwards. So to replenish the good gut flora that is being killed, take three probiotic away from the antibiotic. If taking with the antibiotic, the medicine will just kill the probiotic as well. This imbalance of gut flora from an antibiotic is the reason why people get yeast infections after taking an antibiotic. Taking a probiotic can prevent yeast infections from occurring. Drink celery juice. When I recommend it to my patients, I usually recommend 16 ounces on an empty stomach and not to be mixed with any other juices first thing in the morning just pure celery juice. Besides boosting the immune system to fight bacteria and viruses, it is a great anti-inflammatory because it starves the pathogens that cause inflammation and disease. It contains a multitude of minerals that act together as an antiseptic to kill disease and help the body function optimally. It's an amazing detox for the kidneys and adrenals, and it also raises hydrochloric acid in our gut so it helps with digestion, a tongue, and balances pH. It's also amazing for the skin as it clears out debris in the digestive tract and liver. Get tested for a probiotic supplement. A good quality probiotic should contain at least lactobacillus and bifidus bacteria. There are a number of good ones on the market and some are actually poorly made. So do your research and it might be best to get muscle tested to figure out which one you specifically need. I have about six different ones in the office to cover a variety of different types of situations. Also, make sure your probiotic doesn't have any binders, fillers, or corn.
Sometimes people feel worse after taking a probiotic because the body needs to detox or kill bad gut flora first. And so adding healthy bacteria to the body is overwhelming. If that has happened to you, it is best first to do a cleansing program with a healthcare practitioner. We also test to see if a prebiotic is needed along with a probiotic. The prebiotic helps the good bacteria grow so the gut can maintain the good bacteria on its own, which is what you want in the long run instead of your body always being dependent on needing a probiotic. I also want to take the time now to talk about Lyme's disease, which is caused by bacteria. This bacteria is not contagious from human to human, but it comes from a tick bite. Not all ticks carry Borrelia. That's the bacteria that causes Lyme's. Once a tick attaches, it can stay there for days, and the longer it stays, the higher the chance of transmitting Borrelia or other pathogens into your bloodstream. Lyme disease is a complicated infection, tough to diagnose, and even harder to treat if doctors miss an early diagnosis, which is all too often the case. Symptoms start with a bullseye mark at the site of the bite, a stiff neck, chills, fever, headache, and joint and muscle pain. Infection occurs within 24 hours of the initial bite and treatment, should be sought out immediately. Now is the perfect time for me to talk about limes because ticks are not out all year round but tend to be out when it is warm. Your chances of getting bit by a tick are highest starting in March and ending in the fall, at least in the northeast where I am. Lyme disease is a very serious condition which poses the following health risks if left untreated. Numbness, nerve pain, cognitive issues, tingling, muscle weakness, and trouble with speech. Lyme disease treatment is tricky because the most popular blood tests used in the doctor's office detect the disease miss about 55% of Lyme cases. If and when a patient finally is diagnosed, it's sometimes by a clinical evaluation of symptoms, ones that often mimic other ailments like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, irritable bowel syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis, and even Alzheimer's disease. Complicating matters even further, symptoms can change and move, making it even harder for doctors to evaluate and treat. There is a Lyme Symptom Tractor app you can download free, which is helpful for patients to figure out what helps them with their symptoms, and the tracker also helps it easy to share your symptoms with your doctor. Lyme disease occurs in three stages, early localized, early disseminated, and late disseminated. However, the stages can overlap and not all patients go through all three. A bullseye rash is usually considered one of the first signs of infection, but many people develop a different kind of rash or none at all. In most cases, Lyme symptoms can start with a flu-like illness. So stage one, early localized disease. Symptoms with early localized Lyme disease can begin hours, a few days, or even weeks after a tick bite. At this point, the infection has not yet spread throughout the body. Lyme is the easiest to cure at this stage. Symptoms may include skin rash, may or may not look like a bullseye, flu-like illness, including chills and fever, fatigue, headache and stiff neck, muscle soreness and joint pain, swollen lymph nodes, and swollen throat. Stage 2. Early Disseminated Lyme 
Early disseminated Lyme may occur several weeks or months after the tick bite. Bacteria are beginning to spread throughout the body. In addition to flu-like symptoms, this stage also has an increase of chills, fever, headaches, fatigue, pain, weakness and numbness in arms and legs, vision changes, heart problems such as palpitations, chest pain, and face paralysis, also known as Bell's palsy. Stage 3, late disseminated Lyme disease. If Lyme disease isn't properly or effectively treated in the first two stages, this late stage, also known as chronic or neurological Lyme, occurs weeks, months, or even years after the tick bite. The Lyme bacteria have spread throughout the body, and in many patients develop chronic arthritis as well as an increase in neurological and cardiac symptoms. Symptoms may include arthritis, severe headaches or migraines, vertigo, dizziness, migrating pains that come and go, stiff aching neck, sleep disturbances or insomnia, disturbances in heart rhythm, mental fogginess, concentration issues, numbness in the arms, legs, hands, or feet, severe fatigue. One reason you can get all these symptoms from Lyme is that co-infections can occur. Co-infections are other bacteria or viruses that the tick can give someone besides Borrelia. While antibiotics and other prescription medications can help in treating Lyme and co-infections, I say that there's also a place for holistic remedies in the treatment and management of Lyme disease. Antibiotics alone may not suffice because the Borrelia has a way of getting into the cell. When it does, the cell membrane inadvertently protects the bacteria and shields it from the antibiotics. The bacteria can also hide dormant in the nervous system among other places where antibiotic drugs can't reach them. Natural treatments can help the body heal by knocking out the infection altogether and reducing inflammation while also getting an injured immune system back on track. Using nutrition response testing, I do not diagnose or treat Lyme, but if a patient comes in knowing they have it, here is how I help support the body. I have gotten great results using herbs, stevia, andrographis, resveratrol, and cat's claw, all target Lyme and co-infections. Green tea compounds, along with curcumin, a component of the spiced turmeric, are known to reduce oxidative stress and help aid in traditional antibiotic treatment. You can find these in supplement form or drink green tea and add turmeric to your food and drink. Having enough vitamins and minerals, zinc, vitamin Bs, and vitamin D deficiencies could slow down Lyme recovery, so I always test to see if a patient is in need of these. Of course, if you took antibiotics for treatment, then you will need a probiotic to help replenish the good bacteria in the gut. Eating more probiotic food can help too. Exercise. Even small concentrations of oxygen can help destroy Lyme bacteria in the body. Although Lyme typically zaps people's energy, intense exercise during and after treatment can help keep the symptoms at bay. Natural anti-inflammatories. Natural compounds that ease inflammation, such as the curcumin and standard processes, Antronex. Diet. A low-carbohydrate diet is a must because carbohydrates, including sugar, fuel the lime. This means ditching most processed foods and avoiding any added sugar. Muscle testing the person for their specific diet gets the best results. 
but in general, besides staying away from sugar and depending on the severity of the case, you want to also stay away from natural sugars like honey, maple syrup, coconut sugar, and only use stevia. Besides the sugars, other foods to avoid, bananas, avocados, cashew, legumes, vinegars, tomatoes, strawberries, oranges, pineapple, and mushrooms. We have seen great results by actively supporting the person's general health with emphasis on their immune system, circulation, reducing inflammation, and detoxification because this can reduce symptoms and lead to a full immune system restoration. Give the body the right nutrition and it can heal.